story. But you don't know my story. Come on, tell them again. Say, neighbor, you may see the glory, but you don't know my story. Say, you don't know what I've been through. Come on and give him glory. Put in my spirit. How many know that God is able? And this morning I want you to know. Don't give up on God. Because God didn't give up on you. Even when we're in our mess y'all. I want you to understand. Even when we were in our mess. Out partying. On drugs. Prostituting. Some people say I ain't no prostitute. But if you're laid around with everybody. That's what they call it. So I'm here to tell you that all of us in this room fell short. I'm talking about fell short to the glory of God. The only reason why you called a saint is not because of any good that you have done or you're going to do. It's because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for the remissions of your sins that you are who you are. And you are in him. That's why the Bible say in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. You're holy because of him. And we live a holy life. But if you're trying to obtain holiness. You don't understand what God done for you. You're holy in your spirit. You've been sanctified. You've been set apart. You've been made fit for the master's use. God ain't looking at you. No good that you could do or ever could do would put you before the Father. Jesus had to do it all for you. So if you're in your seat now and you're feeling condemned because of your past failures or because of what you should have done this morning, I'm here to tell you today, rise up in who you are. Now that you're in Christ, God has already forgiven you for past, present, and future sins. It's about him. And when we look to him, who's the author and finisher of our faith, we won't be carrying all of this condemnation. We won't be carrying all this guilt. Yes, this is what you should have done, but you didn't. Jesus done it for you. So when you honor him and who you are in him, I'm telling you, you'll make it through any given situation. You're perfect in your spirit. Your soul needs work on a daily basis. And if you're trying to work something out to get people to see what you're doing, you still miss it. You're still under the law. But when you walk under grace, you just, that's a normal way of living. You're saying, God, I don't have to do this to draw man to me. What I'm doing is going to draw man unto you. It's not about me, Father. It's all about you. So get over you. When you're looking at you, you're walking in pride. This is why Satan got thrown down, Lucifer, from heaven. Because he wanted to be like God. He wanted to sit on that throne. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus paid it all. He done everything that need to be done. And the only thing you need to
to do, and this is awesome, is enjoy this life that he has given you. Don't try to make people think that you are so holy. Because guess what? You're going to trip up. So if you're living in a way to try to get people to think this is what you do, then you're under law. Live up under grace. And the more you know about his grace, you ain't going to want to do what you're doing no more. Nobody don't have to tell you to stop doing anything. Because when you know what he has done, And what he has brought you through grace. You will live that life. That need to be lived. Now how many know God is able? Hallelujah. God is able to do. Just what he said. He will do. Amen. So don't give up on God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory God. Hallelujah. How many know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above? Glory God. You can ask something. Hallelujah. Fall into the power that worketh in us. Hallelujah. How many believe it tonight? Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, he's able. Tell somebody else, he's able. Y'all ready?
always have your heart open because God is always moving. And when God is requesting something to be sung or something to be done, he's speaking. When he said he is able, don't give up on God because he hasn't given up on you. It may be someone in this room or many that's ready to throw in the towel because you've been praying. You've been seeking. You've been letting go of different things. You've been challenged. But you're saying, God, where are you? God, I don't feel you. God is not about a feeling. Because even in the worst situations, I'm here to tell you God is in the midst. And the only thing he wants you to do is reach out. And say, God, you said you'll never leave me. Nor shall you forsake me. So even though I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, God, I know you're here. Because God, you promised me. This is what you said. So God, I'm not giving up on you because you didn't give up on me. And you have to begin to worship him. You have to begin to praise him, begin to thank him, even in the midst of it, even when you don't understand. God is an all-knowing God. He knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He's God, y'all. He knows about everything that's going on in your life. It's already written. You may not have even come to that place in your life yet. But guess what? God will warn you. God is not going to let anything or anybody sneak up on you. This is why we have to stay in his presence. And staying in his presence is staying in his word and getting outside of ourselves. God said, I want to get past you. He said, let me get past you. You're the one in the way. I want to move miraculously in your life, but you focus so much on you. What about me? Why am I going through what I'm going through? God, this one don't even come to church. I'm in church. I'm paying my tithes. It's not about your works. It's about believing what he has already done. It ain't about what you can do and how much you can do. God, I paid this amount of money. It ain't about your money God has given you everything he has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places catch this in Christ not in you your money couldn't save you that's why the bible said it's the love of money that's the root of all evil because when your money run out let's see who you really been depending on you can say hallelujah every Sunday But when you get low on cash, people look like that. They lost their best friend. Come on, y'all. Let's be real. Some people hang around you because of what you got. But when you introduce them to Jesus, it won't be about your substance. It'll be all about him. What did Peter tell the beggar? They laid him right at the temple. And Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give unto thee. Peter knew he had more than money. He had what the man really needed. He said, if I gave you money, money wouldn't cure you of what you got. He said, so I'm going to give you something that's way beyond the money you're seeking. So he said, in the name of Jesus. He said, rise up and walk. This man got back what he needed.
through money. Money can't even cover depression. Because you're looking at, I don't want to be in this place. They can't even, doctors can't even bring you out of depression. They give you something to help you to maintain. But when you meet a man, Jesus, the Bible said that God anointed him with the power of the Holy Ghost. Who went around doing good, healing all of those that were oppressed of the devil. So he knew he had to get rid of that oppression. So people could be healed. And he took it upon himself. On the cross, he took depression. He took oppression. He took all sicknesses and all diseases. He took it upon himself. Why? He said, because if I took it, you don't have to take it. You don't have to be subject to it. Will it come to your house? Yes, ma'am. Because you in a fallen world. Things going to try to attack your body. But let me tell you something. It cannot attack your spirit. Because your spirit is sealed with the power of the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption. This is why you feeling it in the outer. But it can't mess with the inner. That's why you got to connect with the inner so the outer can line up with what God has already provided. You can't do it yourself. Some of us say, I'm going to quit eating. That'll heal me. Did that work? Because after everything was all over, you went back to doing what you were doing. But if you connect with the giver of life, and you hear what he's saying to you, that very thing that's coming to your house won't come to your house no more because you heard from him. Not from you. I'm hearing God say, quit trying to do it yourself. We coming up with all kind of remedies. Come on, trying to find something to heal us. And you got the healer on the inside of you. I'm going to give y'all this broadcast here. All of this is running out. It ain't helping people no more. So God is trying to build you up. And get you where you need to be. Because right now in the spirit, I see doctors shaking their heads. And said, we use this medicine. We use that medicine. But it ain't working. Ain't nothing else we can do. But I hear God say, the great physician. Stepped in and say, no, it ain't nothing you can do. Because I already done what you're trying to do. See, that's why God got to have nurses that save on the job. He got to have doctors. That's why we got to go in here and introduce Jesus. So if you got to go on the operating table, the Holy Spirit is with the doctor's hands. It's with the nurses. It's with the anesthesiologist. Why? Because God said, I'm not going to leave you. Quit going to everybody. They don't know Jesus. God is talking to somebody. You better go to those that know your Lord and Savior. Because when they mess up, you messed up. Go where God is telling you to go. Don't go get a quick fix because you heard somebody say this and that about somebody. They may have a good reputation, but at the end of the day, Who's going through? God is saying, get to know me for who I am. Because let me tell y'all something. Man will fail you. 
Man will fail you. We don't hold on to man. You don't even hold on to your pastors. God put them in the church for a reason. He put them in the church to teach you. To encourage you. To build you up in the things of God. He put the fivefold there for a reason. Not for you to hold on to them. For them to pray for you. They're teaching you how you need to pray. See we're depending on too many pastors. Too many people that have the, the gifts of the spirit. We go to them. God is giving you those gifts as well. They teach you how to use those gifts. We don't misuse those gifts to let people know what we can do. It ain't your gifts. It's his. He gave them to you to encourage people. To build them up. To tell them what he has to say to them. Not you. And when you get beside yourself, God is going to cut that off. Because he said it ain't about you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it ain't about me. Say, what I have come from God Almighty. And I have to be a steward over what God gives me. That's why every day, y'all, every day, I have to deny myself. Because the self get in the way. Oh, yes, ma'am, self do. Self want to tear up something sometimes. But then when I remember what God gave me, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Yo, let me tell you something. From the pulpit down, everybody has some issues. But it's what you do with those issues to be able to stand before you to deliver what God has for you. So I got to get past me and how I feel and what I want to do and what I think. Because his thinking, his thoughts are higher than mine. His ways are higher than mine. So I have to go to him and humble myself and say, God, what do you want for your people? It's not about me getting lifted up. It's about you being high and lifted up. Y'all, it's not about us. Get over you. God is bringing us in here for a reason. Get over you. We get excited because we can operate in the gifts. We get excited because somebody is healed. But what we should be knowing is God's already done all of this. For us to be excited, we didn't believe what he done. Jesus didn't walk around and I didn't see nowhere in the Bible where Jesus, oh, God did it. Did y'all see that in y'all Bibles? Jesus just kept it moving. He already knew what his father could do. He was there representing the father. We're representing the father. We're ambassadors, y'all. So get over you. That's what God is saying. Get over you. Get over you. Because it's not about us. Amen. And Apostle Allison Cross. God is saying. This is David speaking out of Psalms 37. And David was saying, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So God said, you make a deposit on that. Because he said, I have not. This is a promise. Amen. So we give God glory. 
Because that's how we got to see it. We got to see it. Whatever you got in your house, look for it to be in your children's house. Because you are righteous. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. And we praise you, God, for what you have already done, for what you have already said. Because God is all about you. It's not about us, God. God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of me. So, God, through this teaching on the day, you shall get glory. You shall be glorified. You shall be honored in this place, God. You shall be exalted. And, God, I come against every form of pride. In this place, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of pride and I command pride to go in Jesus name. I bind you in the name of Jesus and I lose humility in this house in Jesus name and every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against the body of Christ today. I speak that it has been broken physically, financially, spiritually, mentally. And emotionally right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you on this day that we are lenders and not borrowers. God, we are above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. God, we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed in the fruit of our womb. Everything our hands touch on today is blessed. God, we are blessed to be a blessing, God. You have given us the power to get wealth, God. Without you giving us that power, God, we could not obtain wealth, God. Thank you, God, that the wealth of the wicked is stored up right now for the just. In the name of Jesus, God, everything that we need, God, has already been supplied through your son. In Jesus' name. Because you are our shepherd and we shall not want. We shall not lack. Not in one area. I bind the spirit of lack. That's running through the churches of God. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you God. That the churches shall be a refuge. It shall be a shelter God. God we shall be able to supply for those that are in need God. Because the blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. In Jesus name. Every need that's needed is met right now. In Jesus name. We're no longer beggars God. In Jesus name. We're kingdom citizens. In the name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you God. That deliverance have come to this house. In Jesus name. We honor you God. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the blood. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. God's got a word for you this morning. Amen. Amen. I guess y'all said, well, we already got it. No, not all of it. So go with me to Luke. God is going to bring something familiar back in the house to each and every one in this house. God does everything for a reason, and I want you to let go of your pride and say, I already know that. Evidently, you don't know enough about it. God wouldn't be bringing it back. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 37. I'm going to read out the expanded Bible. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, and let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto us on today. The Word of God now reads, 
God can do anything because nothing is impossible with God or because no word or message from God will ever fail. Let me read that again. God can do anything because nothing is impossible with God or because no word or message from God will ever fail. I got to read it again. God can do anything because nothing is impossible with God or because no word or message from God would ever fail. You may be seated. The word from the house is, y'all heard this before because God had given it to me when I was getting ready to do another message. If God can do anything, why are we worried about everything? See, God told you it was coming back in the house. If God can do anything... Why are we worried about everything? God gave me this passage of scripture and God began to break down this passage of scripture. And all of us are familiar with it. This is when the angel Gabriel, he came to Mary with a message from God. How many of y'all love to hear the Lord speak unto you? Especially in times of trouble, how many really love to hear God speak? But I don't know about you, but I love to hear him speak on a daily basis. And sometimes when I feel like he's not speaking or when I can't hear him, it seems like I get right down. But I know that's the enemy trying to make me think that God is yet not speaking. But God is speaking all the time. So he sent this angel unto Mary. And he sent this message to give unto Mary. And when he sent this message, this is what he told Mary. Mary, first of all, was a virgin. And a virgin is a woman that has never been with a man. So Mary was pure. She never slept with a man. But the Bible says that she was, let me get the word because I'm going to break it down. It says to a virgin who was exposed, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. That means back in the Old um, Testament, um, what they're talking about is she was engaged. She was engaged to Joseph. But they had never slept together. They had never been together. So God was sending this message unto Mary. And this message that God was sending to Mary, it was a message that Mary had to really pay attention to. Because she knew that she was a virgin and she had not been with any man. So the angel, he continued to tell Mary the message. But I love what he said to Mary. And you got to catch hold of this. He said to Mary, he said... Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When we read this, we look at just Mary. You can't look at just Mary being blessed. See, this is why the Catholics pull off of this to act like that we're supposed to hail Mary. Because Mary carried Jesus. So see, they got it mixed up. They got it twisted. But Mary was highly favored among women. What am I telling you today? You are highly favored. You are blessed. The grace of God has come upon you. And his grace was made available to you even when you weren't worthy to receive it. So all of us in this place, I want you to see yourself blessed outside of what you said, outside of what you thought, outside of what you perceived it to be. You're still blessed. That's not going to change because God bless you when you were in your mess. But in order to receive that blessing, we had to accept Jesus.
Jesus Christ. You got to see yourself as blessed and highly favored outside of what you done. Y'all ain't getting it. Y'all ain't getting it. I want them babies in your womb. See, y'all got to be carriers of this word. See, we're looking at just Mary, but God wasn't only talking to Mary. He's talking to all of us. You are blessed. You are hot. I don't care what your bank account look like. You still blessed. I don't care what it looked like on your job. You supposed to hold your head up and say, I'm still blessed. God blessed her. He favored her. And that's what God has done for each individual in this place. He has blessed you. He has favored you. You are chosen of God. You didn't choose him. My God, he chose you. Because you weren't worth the choosing. But he chose you. So whatever you're doing, don't look at I'm here because of me. Don't look at it that I'm here because of what I've done. Don't look at it like I'm here because of what Jesus done on my behalf. I'm here to be a blessing because I'm already blessed. See, some of y'all are looking for blessings, but you're already blessed to be a blessing. Quit looking for handouts everywhere you go. I was watching this um, thing on TV and y'all, I was so sad in my spirit. Because they were making Christian folks think that, how can I say it? We over the top when it comes to the things of God. And the thing that disturbed me, and it is true when it comes to us Christian folks. How many know we're really blessed? Come on now. How many know truly that we're really blessed? Now you know it's something coming after that, right? When we know that we're truly blessed... Why are we always in restaurants trying to get a deal? Why are we always in malls trying to get another discount? Let's talk about it. Let's do this again. How many know we're really blessed? So why are we trying to beg for something? Because we really don't know we're blessed. Y'all got to catch this. I'm getting somewhere. I'm going. I done it. You do do it. Even the pastors do it. We feel like we're supposed to get some. Why is that? Because we really don't know who we are and what we have. See, when you know who you are and what you have, you ain't waiting on nobody to obtain anything for you because you know you blessed and you highly favored and it's already done come to you. Oh, y'all better catch hold. It's already done come to you. And this is what the angel said. Come on, y'all. He said, you're blessed. And you're hot. He didn't just say favor. If you're highly favored, you way above being. Come on, woman of God. You're highly favored. You're blessed and you're highly favored. So the next time a bill come in your mailbox, don't say they can't get blood out of a turnip. Just lift the bill up and say, I'm blessed. And I'm highly favored. Come on, you got to start decreeing and declaring, not looking at that bill and say, oh God. Here go another bill. How are we going to pay this? 
blessed. Who's highly favored? Come on, who's blessed? Who's highly favored? Aunt Shirley. The blessings of the Lord makes us rich. I say it again. The blessings of the Lord makes us and adds no. So if I'm blessed and I'm highly favored, there shouldn't be no sorrow. But why do we get sorrowful? Because we stop depending on the one that's already blessed us. Then the Bible says, you highly favored. Now check out about being highly favored. See, highly favored means when you step in a place and you sit down in that place and you ain't said nothing but the waiter come up to you and say, this must be your day. Because you walked in at the right time. The manager is giving away something today and you're the one that received it. Your food is, oh, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. Says the blessings of the Lord makes us and adds no. And then the Bible says that the favor of the Lord, the favor of the Lord surrounds us, Calvin, like a so I'm surrounded. So if I'm surrounded with favor everywhere I go, I know that I'm favored. So can you imagine a virgin, the angel is telling the virgin that you are blessed and highly favored and you were chosen among women. It was a lot of women, but she was chosen by God. Oh, y'all, you were chosen. You were adopted. You were accepted in the beloved. You were forgiven even when you weren't for- forgivable. Because God chose you. Because he loved you. We got to see ourselves of who we are now that we're in Christ. And we won't work so hard trying to get something we already got. So she's blessed and highly favored. Then he began to tell her. You're going to conceive in your womb. A child, a son. And you're going to call his name. Come on, even telling her what to call. You're going to call his name Jesus. And Jesus means Jehovah, the self-existing, one that exists by himself. Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is healing. Jehovah is deliverance. Jehovah is prosperity. Jehovah is going to come and he's going to have everything you need. His name is going to be called Jehovah is salvation. And you're going to be carrying Jehovah is salvation in your womb. Y'all better catch this. When you get a word from the Lord, it's not just a word. You're carrying him because he is the word. And as you carry him as being the word, when it's time to deliver what you're carrying, somebody is going to be healed, delivered, set free, and prospered. Because Jehovah 
is salvation. Come on, y'all. We got to take the word for what it is and we got to dissect that word. We got to quit trying just to read it. We got to say, Holy Spirit, illuminate this word. Let some light come from this word so that it penetrates my very being. So when it comes out of my mouth, it comes out like a fire devouring everything that's going on around me. It comes out like a hammer breaking the rocks into pieces. It comes out like a two-edged sword is cutting both ways. That way nobody is missed in the room because Jehovah is salvation. Then the angel of the Lord began to tell her Jesus' purpose, his destiny, the plan and the purpose that God had for that child. Let me tell you something, women of God. God has a plan for every child that's in this place, that's on this earth. It don't matter which way they were conceived or how they come into this world. God still have a plan for them. It don't matter if it's a woman by herself raising him or if it's a man. It don't matter if it look like it's drugs. It don't matter if it look that it's another way. God still has a plan. And God always put people around those that are missed to let them know you can't look at what your mama and daddy did. God got a plan because he put you here for a reason. And God will begin to deliver that plan. And that purpose for your life. Sometimes we wonder, God, what you want to do with little old me? God, what do you have for my life? I don't have no friends. Nobody don't want to talk to me. Nobody don't want to be around me. God, I'm just by myself all the time. And people think I'm stuck up. People think that I don't want to be around people. But God, this is just who I am. God, I don't speak not unless I'm spoken to. And when I'm spoken to, I don't say too much, God. Because this is just who I am. God, what's the plan you have for me? God, what would you have for me to do? How would you have for me to do it, God? I don't know which way to go, but God, you know. When you walk in the room, you feel like you're in the room right by yourself. You feel like everybody is running from you instead of running to you. You don't know it's rejection that's in you. You just think that you're not needed and you're not wanted. So you're trying to figure out ways. How can I be accepted? Why are people not accepting me? God, what have I done so bad for people not to accept me? God, I'm nice. God, I I don't do nobody wrong. God, what's wrong with me? Just like the angel went to Mary and told Mary, you highly favored, you're blessed. Yo, I was one like Mary. When my mom died, I didn't have a mom there. I had people in my life that was being a mom. I had my dad, but it was still something missing in my life. And I couldn't catch hold myself. But God had a plan for me. And one day when I was working on this program, this lady pulled me in the bathroom and she began to say, I've been seeing you in dreams. And God told me to tell you he's going to use you mightily for him. I was afraid and I was scared, just like Mary. But the woman was crying and she said, I'm telling you, God said, you're going to be mighty for him. It stuck with me for years. God gave me my plan and he gave me my destiny. But yet the enemy was trying to pull from me what God had given me to make me feel like I was one of the least. You may feel today like you're one of the least, like 
You got rejection all over you. And you've been trying to be accepted for years. And the way you've been trying to do it is getting in and out of things. Some of you tried to preach. Didn't work. (laughs) Because God got a plan. He's got a way for you. And the only way is him. So when the angel, when he came to Mary and told Mary about Jesus and what Jesus was going to do. This is what Mary began to say. She said, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. Mary said, how can this be? I haven't been with a man. I haven't slept with a man. How shall this be? Y'all, I I love the word. And I'm going to tell you something. Mary had to ask that question because Mary knew it wasn't about Mary. Mary knew, I know I ain't been with nobody. And you telling me I'm going to conceive in my womb a child. And then the angel said, the angel said to Mary, this is how the angel said it's going to happen. The angel said, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the power of God. Y'all got to hear this. The power of God is going to overshadow you. When we look at God's power, when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit come upon And when the Holy Spirit come upon, God is overshadowing you with his power to do a work in you and through you. So this is why when we have the gifts of the Spirit, we don't abuse them for our use. Because when the Holy Spirit come upon you, he's already in you. But when he's coming upon you, there's a need in the room. There's something that God want to do in that room and the power of God just comes and surrounds you. What did he surround you with? His love, his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness. And you feel a peace like you never felt it before. So he was telling her, it ain't going to be a man that do this. Man didn't do it. Some people say, I in the world did God have sex with Mary? You missed it. You missed it. God is a spirit. He ain't having sex with nobody. That's what people say. God had sex with Mary. No, the power of God come upon Mary. Overshadowed Mary. This is why the Bible says that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. Up under the shadow of who? The almighty. El Shaddai. The all powerful one. So when you're dwelling in his presence. He's overshadowing you. He's protecting you. He's giving you everything you need. So he told Mary. This is what's going to take place. In your life. How many of us. Have been in a position like Mary. When it didn't look possible. Lord knows it didn't look possible y'all. But because God sent the word. So then the angel of the Lord began to say to her. This part. I love this part. After he told Mary. How it was going to take place. Then he began to tell Mary about Elizabeth. Now y'all Elizabeth was barren. Elizabeth was too old to have a child. Now, God is so good because God even deal with your doubts when he's telling you how it's going to happen. But he began to show you somebody that he's already 
find something for. So he began to tell her about Elizabeth. Elizabeth right now is carrying a child. Elizabeth right now is pregnant with the child. So what God was showing her was, I'm God. He was giving her hope against hope. So then this is what Mary began to say after that. In verse 38, Mary said, no, before 37 is when God said he can do anything. He can take the impossible and make it possible. And then Mary began to say, look, behold, I'm the servant, the bond servant, handmaid of the Lord. Let this happen to me as you say, according to your word. Then the angel went away and left her. Y'all check this. Mary heard what the angel was saying. The Bible say faith come by hearing come by how you build up the faith that you already have in you is through the word. And if you don't get in the word, you ain't building upon what God already have in you. And this is why so many people are missing what they already have because you are not making a connection with the word. It takes the word. Mary had to receive the word in order to conceive. She had to hear the word. She had to hear what the, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. The Lord is telling me, you hear the word, but you still don't believe it. You hearing it right now, even in your situation, and you're still trying to figure it out. That's because you're doubting God, you're doubting his word because you're still looking at you and how you're going to do it. Look at this. Quit trying to get quick fixes. A quick fix will mess you up in the long run. It does not last. Because let me tell you some man will tell you what they know. But when God tell you what he knows, no matter how bad it looks, God still don't change his mind. Because the Bible said that God is man that he shall not lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. He said, have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? Shall I not make it good? Let me tell you something. You can stand on what he's saying. But don't think now that when God tell you something, you ain't going to go through nothing. Some of us think, well, God said it. Yes, but that don't mean that you ain't going through long as we're here on this earth, we're going to go through something, but it's how you go through it. Don't think just because you know God that nothing is going to happen in your life. That's what brings you closer to God. When things begin to happen, you're going to know whom you serve and whom you believe. We always think that we so say nothing is coming in my house. That's the house is coming to. Job was so righteous, or at least he thought he was, until things began to happen in Job's life. But the reason why they happened is because Job was doing works. Job was sitting there trying to make his children right because he didn't know what they were doing. Is that what we're doing? I'm going somewhere. We try to make our kids be what we want them to be. But what we need to do is direct them to who he is. When we direct them to who he is and we train up a child, Teresa and Quan, in the way that they should go, when they get old, they won't depart from it. They're going to make mistakes, people. You didn't just get saved yesterday. You will run in the streets. You will hide. You 
to. Tell them you are a liar. You are a cheater. You are a fornicator. You are a adulterer. But because of the blood of Jesus, I am who I am in him. All this secret mess in houses. Trying to make your kids live up to a standard you can't even live up to. No, no, now. Beating them over the head with the Bible. Jesus didn't beat nobody over the head. He showed love and compassion. See, this is what we do when we get saved. We see who looking at our kids. Look all you want at mine. I know how I raised them and how I brought them up, but they got a choice. Just like Adam and Eve had a choice to eat from the tree of knowledge and good. And whatever choice they make is on them, but it's not because they were not told. And I'm not going to try to justify nothing that they do in their life. They already know because even a sinner knows the law of God, know what's right and know what's wrong. So don't be putting it on the parents. And children, you quit saying, because my mama did it, because my daddy did it, that's who I am. That's not who God intended for you to be. You're going to be like your daddy. You're going to be like your every generational curse. We break the power of those curses that goes to the generation. You may see incest in your family, but guess what? That was a curse, and it's going to stop here and now. That's why you speak those things that be not as though they were. That's why you got to bring the gospel of the kingdom to people to let them know about the kingdom. They already know this other stuff. You bring them the good news. Quit telling them you're going to die in your mess. Tell them about what Jesus did. Give them that choice. We're giving them a choice of hell. Let's tell them about grace. So this angel brought encouraging words to Mary. And Mary began to say, be it unto me according to the word that you have said. See, Mary wasn't even looking at herself no more. Quit looking at you. You can't get it done. Look to him who's the author and finisher of your faith. When people tell you what your kids are not going to be, tell them what they're going to be. When they tell you what your kids ain't doing, tell them what they are doing. See, we can't agree with society. If your child is locked up, say they're coming out. Say just like Joseph come out, they're coming out. Quit letting people dictate your child's life. Society would tell you they ain't going to make nothing of themselves. But you tell them what God said. I hear what you're saying. And this is the problem with us people, Christians. When something is happening in somebody's life, let's say we got a child that's a thief. Parents, you know they're a thief. And when people tell you your child is stealing, don't you say, no, my child ain't stealing. This is what you're saying. Yes, my child is stealing. That's what you say. That's what I know they're doing. But this is the truth about my child. You know what we try to do? We try to act like that child ain't in that situation. Yes, that child is in that situation, but let me tell you what God said about my child. See, what we do isn't even when it comes to sickness, you coughing, you sneezing all over people. How you doing? You sick? No, I ain't sick. Yes, I 
going on with you. Because the enemy got a lie on you right now. (laughs) See us Christians still trying to make it right. And messing it up all the time. You got to be true to yourself. You can't lie to the Holy Ghost. So when that angel spoke the words, Mary accepted those words, did she not? So God let Mary know that God can do anything. There's nothing impossible for God. God's word, his message will never fail. This is what God is telling us, y'all. And God is telling us this for a reason. Because we're living in a fallen world. People are dying now rapidly. People are shooting people for no reason. You hear one shooting here, the next week you hear of another shooting there. But the saints have to rise up in prayer and begin to decree and declare and say, God, whoever's in that area, whatever principality, principality, whatever spirit of wickedness in high places or the power of darkness, God, you got to come against that. That's a spirit. You ain't fighting against flesh and blood. And here we are, we look at the news, but what are you doing? Are you praying? Are you counter-reacting? See, it ain't come to you yet. See, we can always say this. This is what I like. Everybody don't have the same situation, but it's still a situation. It's still a situation. My situation may be different from yours, but I still got a situation. And we still have to bring what God wants us to bring in that situation. Mine may not be like yours, but it's still a situation. We got to quit putting our situations higher than anybody else's. Because we serve the same God. I may have money in the bank. You may not have money in the bank. But I may have something going on in my house that money can't help me with. So we're in the same situation. We both need help. Come on, saints, it's time to bow yourself down, humble yourself, and hear what the Spirit is saying, and quit making your situation higher than anybody else's. That's pride. Then we get angry. Come on, we all been there. We all been there. Who haven't? We get angry at people because of our situation, but it didn't come through our situation. It come through what was already there. And that situation is bringing out what was already there. And we're using that against people because we ain't dealt with what's already there. People know who you really are when something hit. It ain't no more of them hallelujahs. Ain't no more of them thank you Jesus. It's a smirk. It ain't the smile and the laugh you used to have. It's get out of my face feeling. Come on, somebody. Because we're still making it about us. I ain't the only one. We make it all about how we feel and the situation we're in. There's people that's already went through what you're going through right now. That's why when you go through, you say, God, this ain't only for me. It's for somebody else. You preparing me for somebody else, God. Come on, Jesus went through everything that we couldn't even imagine that we could go through. But guess what? He went through it. Because he had the father to help him to go through it. He went through it on earth and he took it all upon him on the cross. 
Jesus took everything, y'all, that you will ever go through. He took your marriage to the cross. He took your children to the cross. He took your job to the cross. He took everything to the cross with him. And he took it. Guess why he took it? He said, I'm going to take all this because we're going to bury it. This stuff's going to be crucified. He said, so I want you to see everything that I went through for you. But once this is buried, it is done away with. Guess what? You don't look to that no more. You are a new creature. Old things have passed. Behold, all things have become new. And people say, well, if it's past and it's buried, why is it still slapping me in the face? Because that old man left behind habits. It left behind some way of doing things. It left behind some thinking. This is why you got to renew your mind. Quit telling God, take this thought away from me. You got to do that yourself. How many, when you get a new computer, you got to take the old out? And you got to bring in the new, right? You got to do some, uh, what you call it? People with computer knowledge. You setting it up. You getting rid of garbage, right, apostle? You putting the new in. Guess what? Old programs don't work no more. You got to buy some updated ones, right? So how do you think your old thinking going to work with the kingdom? How do you think your old way of doing is going to work with the kingdom? It's not. Your spirit is what got born again. Your spirit is what got saved. That's what's perfected. The enemy don't touch that, but your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion did not get saved, y'all. Don't you tell nobody your soul saved. You're going to make a fool of yourself because your soul didn't get saved. Your soul got to stay renewed until Jesus come. That's where the enemy come in and cause havoc in your life. And that's why your body is acting like it ain't saved. Y'all know the tabernacle. They had to get to the most holy place. They had to get past flesh. They had to get past the outer courts. By the time they got to the laver, the laver, they had to wash. Every time they had to stop at the the bowl to wash. Because they saw themselves. The word is your mirror. You got to see yourself as who you are in him. Because if you keep going to the word and seeing who you used to be, you're going to keep doing what you used to do. And it's not because you're not saved. It's because the enemy got one over on you. Because we no longer yield to sin. We no longer yield our members to sin. Because when you know who you are, you let the devil know, no, 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 no. That's not who I am now that I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. And you don't make yourself do nothing to be who you are. That's who you already are. Some of us are trying to make ourselves be something that we already are by fasting, by praying. You know, some of us spend three, four hours in prayers and then come out and curse somebody out. You just wasted your time. And when you do it, you know what we say, I'm still saved. That is truth, but there should be change in who you are. See, this is what we do. We try to use that. And y'all, we see on television these rock stars, these ones that sing in, you know, secular music. The first thing that they do when they get their award, oh, I thank my God Almighty for doing this for me. If it wasn't for God, shut up, devil. And Christian people are going for it. 
If it wasn't for God in my life, I wouldn't be where I was. Come on, shut up. God is not an in-between God. God is about light and not about darkness. Keep God out of your mess. The God you're talking about is Satan. That's what they say. They confused and they mixed up and then they carry their Bibles before they go on stage and then they pray. Let us pray. And sing the same old song. And then blame it on God. Why do you think people so mixed up? Why do you think we as the church need to go out and bring truth so we can change the way people are living? They don't have to live that way. But what we do, we go along with it. We go and get invited to the parties. Everybody dance for Jesus. Not that dance. That's the worldly dance. Your dance is supposed to change. It's supposed to be a Holy Ghost dance. Y'all, I remember when I was little, I got saved. And me and my cousin, we got tired of being saved. Have you ever got tired of being saved? Anybody? I was little, I got tired of being saved, telling you to go to church and do all this. It was just right boring to me. So me and my cousin, we come to a conclusion. We wanted to dance like everybody else. So we were nice enough to go to this preacher. Went to the preacher and we asked him nicely. We said, can we dance? He said, yeah, you can dance. Oh, y'all, we cheering. We cheering, y'all, because we can dance. We said, okay, we can dance. He said, yeah, you can dance. But then he said, the Holy Ghost dance. We just lost our salvation. You know why we lost it? Because we never had it. We were doing what we saw everybody else doing, and we thought that's what we're supposed to do. Let me tell you something, saints. Don't be trying to raise your kids up to do something that you're doing, and you ain't where you need to be. Because anybody that have accepted Jesus, you're not going to be rooted out of him that easy. No, you're not. Because this is why he says, when you hear my words, when you hear his words, you taking heed to his words. And when the storm comes, you build upon a rock. The rock is Jesus. So it's not going to tear down your house. But if you build your house on sinking sand because you're not hearing the words, when the storm comes, guess what? It's going to blow your foundation down because that foundation was not building Jesus. No matter what storm come, you're supposed to be able to stand because you're on a solid rock. Do we fall sometimes? Yes. But we get back up when we recognize who we are in him. Saints, you are going to fall. Ain't nobody perfect. You're going to have thoughts you shouldn't have. Men and women of God, some people are fornicating in their head. You done done it. That's why Jesus told them. He said, even if you have lust in your heart with the woman... You already missed it. He was talking about the law. He said, so don't be using that. I ain't slept with no woman. He said, because if you've done it in your mind and you're fantasizing over that woman, you already slept with him. He said, that's why you need my grace. That's why you need my mercy, because even your thoughts. I done forgave you. Oh, God is so good. When you know what he done. Come on, sleeping beside a woman and a a man and they ain't your husband or wife. Because you already with somebody else. Women, get that out your head. Because some of you might be using who you sleeping with in your head. Who you fantasizing about in your head sleeping. You heard what apostle said. It was you, you old dog. (laughs) I bind that right now in the name of Jesus. 
Because you already know, but God doesn't wash you of that. That's why you got to depend on him and not depend on yourself to get it right. Men and women of God, whomever you hurt, whatever, whomever you have done it to, I don't care how many flowers you buy, I don't care how many houses you buy, how many cars you buy, the only one that can mend that hurt is Jesus, and you got to turn them over to Jesus, because once the car wear off, the house wear off, the roses wear off, the clothes wear off, the weave wear off, the nails wear off, all that wear off, they're going to go back to the same spot of what you done, until you call on Jesus. And say, you already done forgave me. I can't make them forgive me. But I can pray on their behalf. Quit trying to win people with what you got. Because when that run out, you ain't got nothing. We have to depend on him. Because things are going to pop up in our lives that we don't have no control over, y'all. We don't. That's why every day I say, Lord, you're my helper. You're my teacher. You're the one that stand by me because somebody going to fail me, Lord. So I need your help right now. Before Y'all, I'm telling you the honest God truth. The one you love so much can fail you. Your mother and daddy can for- forsake you. But the Bible said, I'll pick you up. You can't even depend on family these days. Can I get a witness? Because family, the family you once knew ain't the same family you once knew. Families are turning against families to get ahead. The Bible speaks of this. So why are we so surprised when mothers against daughter, fathers against son, sisters against brother? Why are we so surprised when the Bible is telling you this is what's going to happen when you become a follower of Jesus Christ? You can't make nobody love nobody. That's why he sent Jesus. So we can use his love to love. Everything you need is on the inside of you. So you can do what God did himself. Because he knew you couldn't live on this earth trying to fix it yourself. God said, turn it over to me. Then God began to show me. God said, is anything too hard for me? Come on, y'all. Let's talk to God. Let's just say, well, God, at times I do feel as if. Come on, because when you're waiting on God to do something in your life, and it seems like it's not done, God already know your thoughts. But it's taking me back to Abraham and Sarah. He promised them a child. Can you imagine God going to wait till this man get 100 years old and, say, and Sarah in her 90s and still say, you're going to have a child? God, come on, is that God or the devil? Come on, that man can't do nothing. Y'all know natural. In the natural, what the doctors tell you? We're going to check you into the psych ward. Because your time of life done gone. You might as well just give it up. You can't even walk from here to there. And talking about a child. They crazy. That's natural, right? But we serve a supernatural God. Y'all, we don't go on natural because if God tell you something, he's going to stand on what he told. He just needs somebody to stand with him. God got to have a vessel to show people that he's God. Y'all don't get it. You're the vessel. You're the vehicle that God worked through to show people I'm God Almighty. So he needed Abraham. He needed Sarah. So Abraham agreed. Sarah got tired of waiting. So Sarah took her handmaid and said, here, baby. Have fun. Who does that? 
Oh, a lot of us have. We've given our mate away to other women. How do we give them away to other women? By not acknowledging what we have. But a man still have a choice, right? She gave him to Hagar. What happened? That's why we're dealing with these other nations, right? So look, after all of that, the angels of the Lord came to Abraham and told Abraham that Sarah would have a child. You know what Sarah did? She laughed. She laughed and said, old as I am, and he's wore out. Y'all, I believe that's what he said. I'm going to go back. I'm going to help you out with this scripture right here. I think she said he was wore out. That's what she said. She said the man was wore out. At least she was honest with God. Didn't I tell y'all, you say actually what's going on in the natural. Sarah was just saying what was going on in the natural. Some men would say, don't say I'm wore out. Don't you put that on me. Sarah said, he was wore out. This is what Sarah said. Sarah, she laughed to herself inwardly. My husband and I are too old. I'm worn out and my husband is too old. She said she was wore out. She said, my husband is too old to have a baby. Pleasure. Listen at this. She laughed. But guess, guess what God said? And God said unto Abraham, why does Sarah laugh saying, I of surety, saying, shall I of surety bear a child which am old? And this is, I like this part. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Can I ask y'all a question? God is bringing you all of this word. And there's some of us in here with situations that look like it's impossible. Why would God bring this? Because he's reminding you that there's nothing too hard for him. He would take the impossible and make it possible if we believe. And guess what? Sarah did have a child. But Sarah expressed how she felt. Why do we think just because we express how we feel, God going to change his mind? God is not going to change his mind on what's already written. God is not going to go back on his word because he is God. God won't fail. He won't leave us. Nor shall he forsake us because he's God. Let me give you another one. Jeremiah and Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah was shut up in prison. And being shut up in prison, God is going to talk to Jeremiah and tell Jeremiah to buy land. Why would you tell me to buy some land, God, and I'm shut up in prison? How am I going to enjoy it? And the Babylonians done took over, and you told me what they're going to do. So why are you telling me to buy land? But because God told him in the time of difficulty, when they were held in captivity, God told him, I want you to buy this land from your cousin because it's your right to buy it. Guess what Jeremiah did? He bought it. And he had witnesses on buying that land. So they would know this is my land. Then Jeremiah began to tell God, go with me to Jeremiah 32, 17. Y'all, this is a teaching ministry. And we need to be taught so we can know how to live. Amen. In Jeremiah 32, this is what Jeremiah said to God. 17, our Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and scratched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Jeremiah began to tell God, there's nothing 
too hard for you, God. Jeremiah knew this. That it wasn't too hard, so he obeyed God. So by Jeremiah obeying God, God began to speak back to Jeremiah and spoke the same thing Jeremiah said. Is there anything too hard for me? So Jeremiah stood on that, and guess what? It did come to pass. He said, I'm going to bring them back in this very land, and they're going to build houses in this land. But what did God do? He showed himself mighty. He showed himself strong. He spoke a word when it didn't look good to say, I'm God. And you're going to see that I'm God in this. Cause the moment you come back here, you're going to remember what I said, even though you were held in captivity. So what make you think because of your situation, God ain't still God. He said, is there anything too hard for me? I'll take the impossible and I'll make it possible. If you're in a place now that you want to go back to school and you know you don't have the money, you don't have the resources. If God told you to go, God has already made the way. If you're in a situation that you need a car, you need a house, or you need what you need to do what you need to do. If God say go purchase that car and your credit is tore up, God is in the midst of tore up credit. If God tell you to go get a house and you know you can't afford a house, go get the house because God is in the midst of that. He'll let the lender know, give them the house. And they'll say, I don't know why I'm doing this. But I feel in my heart that this is what I need to do at this time. Let me tell you something. God is in every given situation. He'll take the impossible and make it possible, y'all, if only you believe. We have to believe God outside of how we feel. God can do anything, so we should not be worried about everything. Do worry come? Yes, it does come. But he said, be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests made known unto God. Then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Then he said, think on these things. To keep yourself where you need to be. Think on these things. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You got to think the way God think. You got to believe the way God believe. Can you do it? Yes, because he's given you his spirit to do it. You cannot do it yourself. This is why Miracle Temple. In here, we walk by faith and not by sight. Because God know what each member in here have. Everybody may not have the same thing. But when God tell you what to do, when it don't look like it can be done, that's what we do. Because God has bought this ministry that had nothing in the bank. See, this is how you do the impossible. We had nothing in the bank before. It was just me, Jennifer, and my husband had a handful of members. And guess what God going to tell me, y'all? Now it's time for you to purchase a church. For real? Now we had a little house on the Perry. No rent, no nothing. That was my grandfather's church. It got full. So we had to leave out of that church. But bless Jennifer Hart. We could have left her there and she would have been content. (laughs) Jennifer didn't like change. Why we have to change? She didn't like change. She wanted to stay in a little house on the Perry. But she came anyway. Then God had the audacity, y'all, to take us out of air, right? Let me tell you, I'm talking about the impossible. He took us out of a place that had central heat and air. At first we didn't, but we ended up with it. And then God showed me in a dream the next place we were going to have. 
So when I come up upon this place, didn't know I was coming up upon this place because he said it was time to move. When I went to the lady, she said, are you that pastor that wanted to rent my building? I said, no, ma'am, I'm another uh, pastor. And I was telling her about myself. She said, well, they said that they wanted it, but I don't know right now. I said, okay. So then she said, who's your people? So I told her who my people was. She started crying. She said, I know your grandfather. And she said, I tell you what, I'm going to give you this place. So I said, do you have century heating air in here? She said, no, ma'am, I don't have it. I said, well, ma'am, no disrespect, but I come out of that. And uh, at this time, I want some century heating air. Do you know what this woman told me? She said, I'll put it in there for you. I want y'all to check this. When I told somebody what she said, they said, are you talking about the same woman? I told them her name. They said, she don't give nobody nothing. I said, this woman have to spend $25,000 to put central heat and air. Not only did she give me central heat and air, she had two buildings for rent. She said, I'll give you the other one for your office with the same rent. Let me tell y'all something. We got in the place and it looked like a bomb blew up in there. I said, God, what do you want us to do with this? God said, the same way you looked before you knew me, tore up, messed up, you got changed through Jesus Christ. He said, that's the same way I'm going to change people's lives up in here. God took us in that place, y'all. Miracle Temple came together. We did the carpentry. We did, y'all, we did some work in that place. And the thing was, this little Aunt Shirley sitting over here, bless her heart, we had to plaster these walls and because we had to get ready for inspection. I went in the back and my Aunt Shirley was looking up at the hole. And she would plaster that hole, plaster that hole. And she looked back up, it was still a hole. She looked back up and she said, dang. <laughs> but we got it done. And then when it was time for us to go in there on a Sunday, we need the inspector To inspect to say we could go. The inspector said, I'm going out of town. You won't have no church service on Sunday. But thank God for God. Harold Alton gave me the report. I went back down to laying out that floor. And I talked to my Jesus. I said, he said we won't have church. But God, we're going to have some church up in here. You can change anybody's heart. I thank you that his heart has already changed towards Miracle Temple. Y'all, I looked around the inspector standing behind me. He said, I could not go on vacation until I signed off on this inspection. God will take the impossible and make it possible if you believe. So we got in that place, 18 months, never had rent to pay. God supplied the rent. Then God says, time to move. I'm like, God. I don't know about this. He said, I want you to have your own. So here we go. Daddy told me about this place. Somebody else told me about this place. I said, I ain't going up in there. Mm -mm. One day God said, I want you to go take out a loan for that place. Now, when God tell you to take out something, God got a plan. So this is what happened. Jennifer, remember, we talked to this, this banker and he told us, if you don't have People on your board with good credit. I'm not even coming up there to give you nothing. I hung up on him. Yes, I did. 
got off that phone. I said, God, if you cannot be my co-signer, then nobody will co-sign. Because you my board. Do y'all believe that? I said, God, you're my board. So God told me to go with the bank that we've been with. But this bank don't get nobody money for a van, y'all. People were complaining they couldn't even get a van from this bank. But God said, I want you to go to this bank. This is the paperwork I want you to bring. Darlene, right up in this church now, she was an accountant. She was doing our paperwork. She gave me the paperwork. She said, you better have a friend up in that bank. Now, that's before Darlene was coming here. I said, I got a friend. His name is Jesus. The Lord said, I want you to put more stuff to your paperwork. Told me everything to put to it. Gave it to the woman. She said, we'll have you an answer in about a week because we're running behind. Call me back. This was on a Wednesday. Call me back on a Friday. She said, who did your paperwork? I said, oh, Jesus in heaven. <laughs> I was so scared, y'all. I said, I messed up the paperwork. She said, no, ma'am. This paperwork got a spirit of excellency over it. She said, like I said, we're running behind, but I want you to know this is the best paperwork that I looked at for a church. Jesus. Went to bed that night. God showed me the dream of this church. Woke up and told my husband, I said, honey, the only thing wrong with this church is that man's bathroom. There's a problem with the pipe. There's something wrong with that pipe in that man's bathroom. So Monday morning, the Holy Spirit said, call the bank. Called the lady. She said, well, Miss Brown, I told you that, um, you know, we were not going to have a decision. Now, mind y'all not, that man told us we had to have $20,000 down. And this is what we had to do to get in. And the board had to sign. When I called the lady back Monday, she said, let me check on your application. She came back and she said, your application has been approved. I said, do I need a co-signer? She said, no, you don't. I said, do I need any money down? No, you don't. You got 100% financing. When we got the keys to the church, what was wrong with the church? The bathroom. What am I saying? Am I bragging on me? Uh-uh-uh-uh. I'm giving glory to God to let y'all know. When you follow his need, his lead, he will fulfill the need. Miracle Temple, y'all may look at me cross-eyed sometimes. When I say, don't collect nothing from people, let them give from the heart. Because when they give from their heart, you can't say, I told you to give a hundred. I told you to give five hundred. Your family can give more. Just because a family look well to do don't mean there's no money in the bank. When people give from their heart, that's where it starts. And if they're giving all they can give, God's going to make up the difference. Because he always do. Because he always have a plan. This is why me and my husband have to stay before him and say, God, what would you have us to do with this? God, you know what we need in this ministry. You chose me. I didn't choose myself. We need this in this house. When we needed a roof leaking in the house. $20,000, $25,000 for a roof. We didn't have it. God did. I would tell people, I see people walking on that roof already. They're walking up there, they're fixing it. Storm came. I said, God, come on, for real. Storm coming. But God bought substance. And he changed people's hearts. So what am I leaving with you today? If God can do anything, 
then why are we worried about everything? Today is the day that if you heard what God is saying to you, you heard from Elohim. He's the creator of everything. He created you. You didn't create yourself. He's El Elyon. He's the most high God. He sit above everything and everybody. If we depend on El Elyon and Elohim and El Roi, a God who sees, and El Shaddai, God Almighty, if we depend upon him, we wouldn't be worried about anything, about everything. Because we know that God has anything we need. And there's nothing too hard for God. It takes time, y'all. And if you're not in that place, it's because you choose not to be in that place. Because you choose to continually depend on you and not depend on God. Come on, let's think about it. What can I do with this, God? Nothing. But I know you can. Tell me what to do. Show me how to do it so you will get glory through this. God is the one that gets the glory through you. He needs you for his glory to be revealed. But don't get beside yourself. That when God reveal himself to people through you, don't say, look what I done. Because it wasn't you who done it. It was God all by himself. So be encouraged today to know there's nothing too impossible for God. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He will not fail you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Everything you need, he's already given it. Just roll it over. Put it in his hands. And let's be honest with God. Tell him you're tired. Tell him. Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired of doing it myself. I feel like I'm alone. I can't do this no more, Lord. And when you're honest with God, God will begin to talk with you. He'll begin to give you the strength that you need to go through what you're going through. But just be honest. Cry out to God. Quit crying out to man. Man can't do nothing, not unless God sent him to do what he needs for them to do. Get into the word of God yourself. Develop your relationship. Jesus calls us to come into a communion with him through his blood, but you got to develop your relationship with him. Come on, y'all. You got to get into the word. We got saints that's not even in the word the way they need to be. You into everything else except the word. You go in here, you go in there, but that runs out. You can go to the hospitals, you can go to the jail, you can start little groups. But if you ain't in the word of God, that is not going to last because God ain't in it. So let's start doing what God will have us to do and quit doing it ourselves because God is able. Amen. He is able. Daughter right here.